You are about to hear the most interesting, informative, thought-provoking, opinion-leading, and funny show in America, on air and on the World Wide Web. This is The Rob Carson Show. And this is hour number two of The Rob Carson Show. In the third hour, Tom Fitton of Judicial Watch is going to join us. And uh, I'm just a huge admirer of uh, Judicial Watch, what they're doing to expose... Uh, the criminality of the Biden family, of the corruption of Washington, D.C., and uh, we'll cover a bunch of topics, including impeachment and also the DOJ going after Judicial Watch for just telling the truth. There's a lot of that going on. So we'll get to uh, Tom Fitton next hour on the uh, on the show. And also want to get into a little bit about this, uh, this uh, Claudine Gay, the head of Harvard, uh, and her resignation after uh, disastrous testimony in front of Congress where she refused to uh, to condemn uh, students crying for the uh, the genocide of the Jews. I know, it's, it's in America. It's in America, in our universities. That's how far left of center things have gotten. And, uh, and uh, I think that uh, uh, Elise Stefanik, she has, with that hearing and with her tenacity in that hearing, she has caused an earthquake in higher academia. She has caused an earthquake. Finally, something been, we've been waiting for. Because when, uh, when the uh, uh, criminal, outrageous, barbaric attack on Israel on October the 7th by Hamas happened, the first thing that the Biden administration said they wanted to do was give $100 million to the Palestinians. That's the first thing they said they were going to do. We want $100 million, and we're going to put it in there with the money for Ukraine. Why? Why? And then, of course, they used a fake hospital bombing to launch a faux worldwide movement that is anti-Semitic. Locked and loaded, ready to go, just like Antifa, summer of 2020. And the, and the more the story is out there, the more people are coming around to that. That it is not organic at all. It is created by the left. It's nonsense. So uh, anyway, got a, a bunch of stuff on that coming up. Uh, Charlemagne, the God, feels burned by the Biden endorsement. Now, now Charlemagne, the God, is a, a talented individual. He's a radio host. He's, he's built quite a, uh, an empire doing what he does. He does a show called The Breakfast Club, and it's a lot of pop culture, and it's a lot of this and that, and he has great reach, and his audience is uh, urban. They say urban. It's black people, and, and that's cool. And, uh, and you know, I, I wish him the very best, but uh, frequently when you do a show like that, you're not going to be uh, terribly informed on a lot of things. I mean, you're used to talking about who's dating who and what's going on with the, the, the whatever wives of whatever county and all that. But, uh, but he's such, he's, he's such an influ- influencer in the, uh, in the black community that he also brings in uh, politicians and whatnot. And, of course, uh, you'll recall that uh, Charlemagne, full oh God, had uh, Joe Biden on when he was running for president and uh, was, um, well, let's just say the FBI helped him become the president. And, uh, and Charlemagne, the God, sitting there, and Joe Biden said this... I tell you, if you have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump, then you ain't black. Now, that, that should have been enough for Charlemagne, for God, to go, uh, wow, uh, here we are. A guy with a history of racism is coming into my show and telling me and my, my listeners that unless they vote for 
this old white guy that you ain't black. And yet Charlemagne, oh God, went ahead and voted for him. And now Charlemagne, oh God, I'm not going to say it anymore like that. I know it's kind of irritating. Um, but now he's saying, uh, you know, I think I screwed up. I'm thinking he got flim-flammed. Yeah, a little flim-flam, maybe a gaslit. Uh, some of the words that I might use. He says uh, that uh, uh, I, I've learned my lesson from uh, doing that, supporting Biden. Once they got on the White House, Kamala Harris kind of disappeared. When I gave my word like, yo, man, I think we should be supporting Kamala Harris for vice president because she's uh, going to hold it down. When we say those things and people hear her, uh, don't see her holding it down, that causes issues. Uh, he also received backlash over his 2020 endorsement. Online heard such things as, damn, you told us to vote for them. Do you know how many people say that to me all the time, he said? And then another one said, I believe uh, she's a political change agent. Exactly the leader this country needs to uh, be in the future, Charlemagne. That's what he said. That's what he said. And he also said, I'm just uh, so tired of old white male leadership in politics. And then he went ahead and voted for Joe Biden. So, uh, you know, uh, honestly, uh, Charlemagne, fuck odd, you should have known better. But this is the Democrat Party. This is the Democrat Party. This is what the Democrat Party does. The Democrat Party uh, shames you, uh, who uh, exiles you, if you attempt to speak out against their candidate, who, by the way, they're, they're making Joe Biden the candidate, whether you like it or not. Democrats, I hate to tell you this, you have no choice. If you like Marianne Williamson, all three of you with your 400 collective cats, uh, you, know, you don't have a choice in this. The, uh, what is the guy, governor, the guy from uh, Minnesota, I don't even know who the hell he is. He, he, no chance. RFK, he had to leave the party. Media's not covering him. So you had, you had no choice. They're going to make Joe Biden your candidate. You have no choice. And guess what? You didn't have a choice the last election, and you didn't have a, a choice the election before. With Hillary Clinton, she was the candidate. They made her the candidate. They made Joe Biden the candidate. Democrats, you're being played like Charlemagne. One more time. Full God. There you go. It's kind of weird. This is uh, pollster John McLaughlin talking about why Joe Biden is losing so many blacks and Hispanics. Well, it's happening for two reasons. If you live in western Pennsylvania, Joe Biden is killing the uh, the shale oil industry and the coal industry that provides jobs and and, and economic prosperity. And while if you live in the Philadelphia suburbs or in Philadelphia, the center city, you're upset about crime. I mean, cr- uh, crime in Philadelphia is as bad as any big city in oh, America. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And you've got one of those sorest left-wing DAs that's letting people out. So there's a number of reasons in Pennsylvania why there's buyer's remorse that they didn't vote for Trump last time. And they're coming back to Donald Trump this time. So, uh, uh, you know, and that's going on in the other battleground states. We're winning all the battleground states now, plus Nevada's in our column. So uh, the argument that Donald Trump couldn't win the election or the battleground states that was put out by Ron DeSantis and mm-hmm. trying to be put out by Nikki Haley, not true. Cutting their primary efforts. And, and it's, it's gotten so bad, they're trying to knock Trump off the ballot. There you go. That's how bad it is with the, uh, with the Democrat Party. Uh, oh, oh, and by the way, I just got this a second ago. I opened the show with a story that uh, they busted this giant uh, string of... Uh, of uh, of uh, uh, brothels in uh, in D.C. and in Boston, and it turns out these uh, these women who are at these brothels are by our enemies uh, because they were essentially a spy apparatus. I know a spy apparatus. Oh, it's an old story. Mata hari, anyone? Here's Jim Gossett. 
Hookers for sale or rent It's where politicians went Scumbags Those brothels in D.C. Run by a foreign entity <laughs> It's just the same old game Bunch of filth Watch them try to shift the blame Russia They have owned those brothels But you did the deed It's Trump's fault This sex ring's been exposed It is time that we bulldozed D.C. and clean it out Amen! It's a hellhole, there is no doubt <laughs> People, they must insist That we see the client list But I bet if there's Democrats on it We never will You know, who, who does this? Who behaves this way? Do you behave this way? I mean, there are a lot of people, we're all sinners, you know, but I mean, wow. These are people who are part of, uh, you know, the leadership class in Washington, D.C., and they're the most foul, filthy, miserable, wretched, corrupt people you could ever imagine. It is, uh, it is remarkable what we are discovering about uh, Washington, D.C. I mean, I knew it was bad. <laughs> I knew it was bad, but man, oh, man. I never thought it was going to be uh, it was going to be this bad. It's unbelievable. Did you read the resignation later a letter of uh, Claudine Gay? Claudine Gay is a uh, not even close to being qualified to be the president of Harvard. Uh, there is doubts not only about her doctor her doctoral uh, certificate, but also here uh, all of her academic work. She's never read a book or written written a book. I don't know the way she talks. You kind of wonder if she's read one too. But anyway, Claudine Gay's resignation letter. Uh, after it was discovered that she had plagiarized over 50 times, uh, says this, uh, Dear members of the Harvard community, it is with a heavy heart but a deep love for Harvard that I write to share that I will be stepping down as president. You won't have Claudine Gay to kick around anymore. Now, actually, uh, that was from Richard Nixon, but I think she was going to use it. Uh, this is a decision I uh, came to, uh, not a decision I came to easily. Indeed, it has been uh, difficult beyond words uh, because I have looked forward to working with so many of you to advance the commitment to academic excellence that has propelled this great university across centuries but pretty much ended when I became the president. I added that last part. Amidst all of this, it has been uh, distressing to have doubt cast on my commitments to confronting hate and to uphold scholarly rigor. Where's all the hate? Hate isn't stopping study at uh, Harvard University. You're making this nonsense up. That's race baiting. It's nonsense. Two bedrock values that are fundamental to who I am and frightened to be subjected to personal attacks and threats fueled by racial animus. I'm sorry, animus is what I meant to say. These, yeah, it's racial animus is what it is. No, you got fired because you are a... Uh, an incompetent boob who was moved up through the ranks because, uh, uh, you, the, because you checked a couple boxes. That's, that's what all this is. DEI came from affirmative action. Now, affirmative action was based on a good concept, but uh, has since gone awry, by the way. And, and by the way, here is the, uh, the testimony that got her in so much trouble with Elise Stefanik, a national treasure. And Dr. Gay at Harvard does calling for the genocide of Jews violate Harvard's rules of bullying and harassment, yes or no? It can be, depending on the context. 
What's the context? Targeted as an individual. Targeted as, at an individual. It's targeted at Jewish students, Jewish individuals. Do you understand your testimony is dehumanizing them? Do you understand that dehumanization is part of anti-Semitism? I will ask you one more time. Come on. Does calling for the genocide of Jews violate Harvard's rules of bullying and harassment? Yes or no? Anti-Semitic rhetoric. When it and is it anti-Semitic rhetoric? Anti-Semitic rhetoric when it crosses into conduct that amounts to bullying, harassment, intimidation, that is actionable conduct, and we do take action. So she basically said that only if it resulted in genocide would it be considered, uh, you know, uh, acceptable or unacceptable. It's it's remarkable. Here's Elise Stefanik last night talking about uh, the hearing room and who was there when Claudine Gay said that. And it was so clear for everyone who saw that how wrong that testimony was. And I will tell you, what you can't see in the video that has now been viewed over one billion times is there were Jewish students from each of those universities who were at that congressional hearing. And as I was listening to their responses to my question, the university presidents, Jewish students, you could see them shaking just of the abysmal lack of moral leadership and then on top of this you've seen just the shredding of academic integrity in Harvard's case where it was very clear with this intense scrutiny that Claudine Gay was a plagiarist president that she had plagiarized nearly 50 excerpts in her work yeah, which is a yeah. very limited body of academic work when oh, compared yes, oh, to yes. other Harvard University presidents and I say this as a Harvard graduate uh, I graduated from there from undergrad with honors and I will tell you students if you plagiarized you're expelled yeah and i gotta tell you i think harvard has destroyed itself for a generation at least uh here is elise devonick last night talking about her resignation yesterday all three university presidents gave morally bankrupt testimony at the now infamous congressional hearing to a very specific moral question does calling for the genocide of jews violate univer your university's code of conduct and one after the other whether it was mit penn or harvard failed to answer that correctly because all three of those universities are run by leftist karens yeah leftist karens they're the absolute epicenter of the woke movement in america and it started decades away coming up elise stefanik talks about uh, harvard literally knew about all the plagiarism and made her the prezi anyway yeah yeah that's how bad uh, harvard has slipped let's take a break and come back this is the rob carson show This weekend, my wife and I went out shopping because, you know, my wife is generally, I guess you could call her a center left, a little center left, uh, and um, we, we had a discussion about being prepared for 2024 because even she sees the insanity of the last three years and the open border and all of this, and so she said, wow. I think we need protection. I think, well, not for that, if you know what I mean. No, for us. So we went, uh, we went to a, uh, a gun dealership, and we investigated it, and, and I wanted to take lessons, and I wanted to get her uh, a weapon that she feels comfortable with because that's just the gut feeling she has. 
And so we're getting ready for a lot of different things, just in case, including an emergency medical kit from the wellness company that I ordered about a month ago, an emergency wellness kit. Because I don't know if you knew this, but uh, 3,000 stores around the country, retail stores have closed in the country, and the biggest ones were pharmacies, including Rite Aid and CVS, among other things. CVS, 300 stores, Rite Aid, 154 stores. What if your pharmacy goes out of business? What if you have no place to get your medicine? What do you, if you need Zithro? What if you need Amoxicillin? What if you need ivermectin? All of these are in the wellness company medical kit, emergency medical kit, and you need to do it today. And I'm going to make it so you could save 10%. How's that? Just go to uh, twc.health slash Carson. All right, that's going to get you the 10%. TWC.health slash Carson. You're going to get a, a medical consult on the phone there. You're going to talk to them. You can fill out a, a questionnaire, tells you what you're allergic to, what your needs are, and you will have your emergency medical kit. You can check that off the list you're going to need. Because who the heck knows what's going to happen with the southern border and whatnot in 2024. 2020 was 2020 because it was 2020. 2024 is going to be much, much worse. Again, twc.health slash Carson. Here is the great Rob Schmidt from Newsmax talking about Claudine Gay's resignation. Claudine Gay's position as the seven-figure head of Harvard only lasted six months. In the end, it wasn't her horrific testimony in front of Harvard that ousted her. It was the subsequent reporting that exposed what many likely had already assumed. Claudine Gay was set up to fail. She's a plagiarist. By the equity agenda, she... So That's what uh, Harvard grads would say, because they don't learn a lot there. Just stuff about woke stuff. Proudly supports. The president of Harvard had a remarkably weak resume. She didn't belong in the position to begin with. Nope. She has never written a book. Nope. That's astonishing on its own face. She's read a lot, though. Cat in the hat, where the wild things are. And she's only written about 10 journal articles, an amount so small that they were easy to scour. And exposes largely plagiarized. This won't take long. Which used to be a serious offense at Harvard that would lead to immediate ouster for pretty much anyone. But of course, equity remains at Harvard. Do you think that uh, equity did this woman any favors? Now she's a public embarrassment because uh, equity required that she be appointed to that position. And and by the way, the uh, people at Harvard, the the big wigs at Harvard, the big wigs at Harvard, uh, they knew what she was all about they knew that she was a plagiarist they knew she wasn't qualified but she checked checked a couple boxes you know this accountability would not have happened were it not this is elise stefanik for that congressional hearing and i think what it forced was greater scrutiny of her position as the president of Harvard. And you have to remember, Jillian, she was selected as president of Harvard in a shorter search, you know, executive search, than any other previous president. And they should have found out that there were 50 credible allegations of plagiarism. That's called vetting. And the fact that the Harvard Corporation, (laughs) we now know, knew about that before the congressional hearing Uh and tried to cover it up and threaten media outlets to sue them, it's a disgrace. When you are a board of, of any university, you need to make sure that your president, your faculty, and your students uphold the rigors of academic integrity. You would think. You would think. One of the uh, authors, uh, 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 Carol McSwain, uh, she was one of the people that uh, Claudine Gay plagiarized from. And uh, here is what, uh, well, I don't have time for it. I don't have time for it. I got some uh, Carol McSwain uh, audio, and, and she says that not only was she not qualified to be the president, she didn't uh, complete her doctoral work that made her a doctor like Jill Biden is a, a doctor. So we'll get to a little bit on that. And then, and then we find out that the uh, January 6th committee 
got rid of all the evidence that could have helped Donald Trump in the cases being brought against him uh, by Jack Smith. I know, I'm as surprised as you are, but not at all. That's coming up, and this, my friends, is The Rob Carson Show. It's time to make common sense common again. It's the Rob Carson Show. You know, of all the uh, expressions that I have on the show, the one that resonates the most with people online and, and, and in front of audiences, because I've been doing uh, some speeches, uh, it's been pretty cool because, you know, here I am uh, in my 50s and all of a sudden I'm uh, being requested to do speeches. It's a lot of fun. Um, and, and the number one line that gets the most reaction is 2024 needs to be the year we return to common sense from nonsense. And I came up with that a couple of years ago. Because all of this, this CT, uh, you know, the uh, uh, critical race theory, transgenderism, uh, open border, uh, all the madness of DEI and wokeness, all of this is nonsense. It's nonsense. The American people see it as nonsense. And, uh, and they want to return to common sense. And I, one of the things that I've, I've noticed, and I thought, and I've been talking about the death march of common sense and decency in this country for a very long time, but it appears that common sense isn't dead. People still recognize it as common, and the uncommon stuff is not the common. It's it, People are going, what? Because they overstepped on everything, and people think it's ridiculous. So I think it's kind of interesting. It's kind of interesting. Before I dive back into a little bit on more on Claudine Gay, I did find something very interesting. One of the most uh, influential movies, I think, of decades uh, was Jurassic Park. It came out in like 1993, 91, something like that. And, and millennials, particularly, you guys were in elementary school when that came out, right? And so a lot of it, a lot of millennials and whatnot took it as gospel as far as, you know, dinosaurs and DNA and all that stuff. And, and I found this yesterday online. This is Sandia National Labs. And, and so you millennials uh, uh, and, and, you know, maybe Gen Xers, uh, you all thought that maybe the Tyrannosaurus Rex sounded like the one in the movie, right? Well, it turns out, obviously, that Steven Spielberg used different sound effects like a lion roaring and things like that to make artificial sounds of dinosaurs. Well, what they did is they, they took the shape of the animal, the size of the animal, all that, and they found out what a T-Rex probably sounded like. And I know this is going to be hard to believe. It's scarier than Jurassic Park. Listen to this. This is, this is unbelievable. I grew up thinking a T-Rex sounded like this. <laughs> But with modern technology, scientists at Sandia National Laboratories yeah. were able to recreate what a T-Rex actually sounded like. Listen. And it's even more terrifying. Yeah. That's what George Soros sounds like when he laughs. That's pretty scary. <laughs> what? <laughs> wow. There you go. All right. Good night, everybody. Have a have a nice sleep. <laughs> this is unbelievable. I thought it was good. I wanted to share it with you because you know I like to talk about other stuff too. Believe it or not, I mean uh, I have a life outside of 
Well, not very much of a life outside of show prep, but I do have a life outside of show prep and, uh, and all that. Yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to hear that anymore. Let's let's get get rid of that. Yeah. One of the other things uh, uh, that, that my wife and I do outside of the show prep is uh, we watch uh, every night. She watches, and then I watch it because I enjoy it too. HGTV. Sometimes you know, we're on this new show. It's called Why the Heck Did I Buy This House? And that's the new show we've been kind of been watching, binge watching. And these homeowners come in and they buy these houses that are just awful and and you know then they regret it and they bring somebody in and they give them a budget and they and they do all that stuff and same thing happened to us actually in our our second house in uh, fort thomas kentucky about a 1912 uh, house it was a disaster and my wife was pregnant at the time and we walked in to the house because i thought it was a jewel i thought because the money was great it was a three-story victorian they wanted like 150,000 for it because it was, it was the Munster's house, right? And then we walk in, and she's holding my hand. The realtor's in front of us. We walk by. There's dust hanging from the, the, the cobwebs and the chandelier. There's an old piano and, and bad carpeting, and it's bad. And, and she's squeezing my hand, and this pregnant woman is squeezing my hand. And she literally, as the, as the realtor pulled ahead, said, what the bleep are you thinking? And I said, we're going to buy this house. And then we bought the house. And then we bought the house. I have, a, I have a degree in HGTV, by the way. I don't know if you knew that. I have a degree in HGTV. I've been watching it for years. So I, uh, I kind of like to believe that I know what I'm talking about when it comes to, uh, when it comes to uh, home improvement and whatnot. I, I do want to play a little bit more on this uh, Claudine Gay because, to me, um, plagiarism is a really big deal. I'm a comedy writer. I don't use other people's material uh, unless I'm working with Jim Gossett. Jim Gossett is the only person whose material I use, uh, uh, and we collaborate on things. And, and just the ideas are sacred to me. My ideas are sacred to me. And I can't imagine using somebody else's material without crediting them. And I, I do my level best to never, ever do that. Like, even, even little sayings, like my buddy Chris Plant. He'll come up with a really fun, like Poison Ivy League. I heard him say that. I said, okay, I gave him credit for it. Because I'm not it's going to take it. I, you know, if I don't make it up, I don't want to share it. Because it's, your, your intellectual property is all you have. I mean, you can build stuff and whatnot, yeah, and then that's yours. But your ideas are sacrosanct. They're yours. They're original. They're yours. They're yours. And, uh, and what Claudine Gay did was she, she used other people's ideas without giving credit. And she was supposed to be at the height of academia. And, uh, and uh, Carol McSwain is one of the people that she stole from. And Carol McSwain is ticked about it. And she was on with Rob Schmidt to talk about it last night. I don't see Claudine's uh, uh, stepping down from the presidency and remaining on the faculty as a huge win. Okay. And I don't believe that uh, the statement that she issued, as well as the Harvard Corporation, those statements are so inadequate because they don't address the plagiarism. They don't apologize no. to the people who were harmed. No. And one of the most serious uh, things that, that the approach ignores is the fact that since we know Claudine Gay plagiarized significant parts of her dissertation, yeah, and and here she is questioning not only the uh, the dissertation but but her doctorate. How is it that she's a doctor? To be a doctor, you have to have a dissertation with original ideas, defend it before a committee, and then you get uh, awarded a doctorate degree. You become doctor at that point. We know that her dissertation was plagiarized. I don't know if anyone looked at her senior thesis, <laughs> which was also prize winning. Yes. All we see is that she is a serial plagiarizer, and she goes back to the faculty to spread her poison about this being racism 
without anyone addressing the pleasurism. It, I find it just very appalling. Yeah, it's sickening, actually. And I and I hope that it, it, that that uh, Harvard suffers a generational loss because of this. I really, really do. They've already lost a billion dollars. They haven't learned anything about it. They, they, uh, the statement about Claudine Gay, uh, all it did was talk about the tragedy of how to get, how uh, you know, about getting rid of her. And honestly, screw Harvard. Uh, screw them. Done with them. You know, and, and I think you should, too. And I, and I told you, you know, if you're a parent, you should not expect your kid to go off to college and come back as a uh, America-hating Marxist who hates you, too. That's obscene. Why have we allowed it to happen like this? We've allowed it to happen like this. It's ridiculous. I was uh, given a column by my friend Lee from Brett Stevens, who wrote about this. He said, cancel culture is always ugly, usually a mistake. If gay is let go, let it be after more deliberation with more decorum. And when pundits like me aren't writing about her, oh, well. Uh, is it why she was brought, uh, why was she brought in the first place? After one of the shortest presidential searches in Harvard's recent history, how did someone with a scholarly record as thin as hers, she has not written a single book, has published only 11 articles, journal articles in the past 26 years and made no seminal contributions to her field reached the pinnacle of american academia wokeness kids dei the answer is i think this where there used to be a pinnacle now there's a crater it was created when the social justice model of higher education currently centered on diversity equity and inclusion efforts and heavily invested in the administrative side of the university blew up the excellence model centered on the ideal of intellectual merit and chiefly concerned with knowledge discovery and the free and vigorous contest of ideas i've seen arguments that it goes back to the 1978 baki decision don't know that haven't read it when the supreme court effectively greenlit affirmative action in the name of diversity. It's uh, that university administrators turned an allowance into a requirement, so a kind of racial gerrymandering now permeates nearly every aspect of academic life, from admissions, military too, uh, decisions to faculty appointments to the racial makeup of contributors to essay collections. Its affirmative action had been administered with a lighter hand, more, than, uh, more nudge than mandate. It might have survived it became a pervasive regime that frequently got in the way of universities' higher goals, particularly the open exchange of ideas. It's ruined it. It's ruined it. More from this column. Skin color was the first thing the Harvard Crimson noticed in its story about her taking office and her missteps and questions about her academic work gave ammunition to detractors who claimed she owed her position solely to race. This is the poison pool in which Harvard now swims. Whenever it elevates someone like Gay, there's an assumption by admirers and distractors alike. She's a political symbol whose performance represents more than who she is as a person. The weight of these expectations on her must have been crushing. It didn't do her any good guys it made her look like a complete buffoon a laughable buffoon but dehumanization is the price any institution pays when considerations of social engineering supplant those of individual achievement it may take a generation after the end of affirmative action before someone like Gay can have the opportunity to be judged on her own merits, irrespective of her color, but the damage that the social justice model has done to higher education will take longer to repair. And it should. It should take generations to repair. And in the meantime, higher ed needs to realign or go out of business. There you go. Let's go to Alex in Baltimore. Hello, Alex. Welcome to the Rob Carson Show. What do you got on your mind? Well, I know how you always appreciate comedy, so 
I would say that uh, Budding Gay has done for the Harvard brand what Dylan Mulvaney has done for Bud Light. <laughs> Yeah, uh, very, very similar, actually. That's a that's a pretty apt description, because I, I think a billion dollars, I think they both each lost a billion dollars, to be quite honest. Right, but the other joke about this is I, I was in academics for 40 years. Okay. Uh, as a teaching, I was a physician in a teaching institution. 11 publications is virtually laughable. Oh, yeah. You couldn't get, you couldn't get out of clinical instructor to an assistant professor with 11 publications. How yeah. does someone get to be a Ph.D. doctorate with 11 publications? And uh, it's just simply the answer is obvious. Yeah. They're, yeah. Brushed along, they're pushed along like kids are in high school. And so, yeah. so that's, I can't understand how Harvard would allow someone with 11 publications to the literature for them to represent this whole school as their dean. It, it's just unthinkable. Well, Alex, it's it's a it's white guilt. It's uh, it's uh, cul-de-sac Karens, uh, and they they feel some sort of uh, need, uh, and and it does no uh, it does no favors to members of uh, under underrepresented communities. It only ruins them because forever they'll be looked at as a person who's only in their position because of the color of their skin. That's basically it. It's really sad and pathetic. Alex, I appreciate the uh, phone call. Of course, Al Sharpton is going to do a big march. He's going to be at uh, the campus of Harvard. He's going to be standing outside of uh, one of the community centers and all of that because Al Sharpton is a big, fat moron who only shows up for funerals, doesn't care about the killings, just the funerals so he can raise some money. Here's Jim Gossett. My latest round of race baiting is defending Claudine Gay <laughs> Even though she let Hamas supporters have their way I'll be using Claudine Gay Hoping for a big payday Oh, he'll get a payday out of it, that's for sure Yeah, I'll be using Claudine Gay To push more lies Buy a new suit. She's a plagiarizer. He looks like a Pez dispenser. Never had an original thought. <laughs> but we will scream racism. Even though Claudine was caught. It's racism. I'm defending Claudine Gay. We'll use race to get our way. Though I know that Claudine Gay is a thief. Let's go to a John in Rosedale real quick. John, welcome to the Rob Carson Show. you got about a minute. Go right ahead. Hey, thanks for taking my call. You know, I, I've, I've talked to friends about this, and they're like, how could they do this to a, to a minority woman? And, and uh, she, she broke all the, the glass ceilings to get to this position. Oh, please. Exactly. So, you know, how much of it is the ideology of the president or the institution, or is it the donors? It's like, I'm sure she had a team of attorneys for her testimony to Congress. She did. And and there's, you know, her her responses were so practiced and and exact and unwavering. So, you know, this may not she, – she may have just been thrown under the bus by the ideology of the donors. 
Yeah, you're right, uh, John. All three of those uh, M, uh, those uh, those university presidents had the same talking points. They were coached clearly before that. Uh, and Barack Obama wanted to keep her in place, so you know who was whispering in her ear. In her ear. we got to take a break. Thanks for the call. This is The Rob Carson Show. This is not an EV, and it never will be! You know, I had a EV video on Instagram go over a million views. I stopped by a dealership, and I uh, recorded uh, two, a couple of electric Hummers that have been set on the dealership for uh, uh, two years. They can't get rid of them because they're pieces of crap. And, uh, and I got this guy, he says, well, you're just jealous. I said, yeah, me, the guy with the new Bronco, is jealous. Yeah, Bronco named Buck. Yeah, uh, not. Uh, Barbara in Baltimore is on the phone. Hello, Barbara. Happy New Year. What's on your mind today? And Happy New Year to you, Rob. You, you had I, You had me rolling. You know, I'm driving a lot. I'm not delivering stuff, but I'm just on the go. And I actually have to stop sometimes because you're funny. You really <laughs> are funny. <laughs> Thank you. Make a bad situation better. So I guess I appreciate that. Um, Claudine Gay is a disgrace. I mean, just lack of integrity and that lack of self-respect. She's angry because she got caught, and she's not at all apologetic about stealing other people's work. That's some message to send to students. I don't understand how Harvard wants her there, and I really don't understand how she could stay there. Barbara, I got to tell you, you you've made it. You made a great point there. Uh, that what kind of a person plagiarizes the works of particularly other black authors and then screams racism when she's held accountable? Barbara, what kind of a void in your soul do you have if you would no do that? She has done this all along. She's gone. She had to have been a cheater and been cheating. That now you see what's going on in all of these schools. These yeah. kids, these people are dumbed down. They're going to college unprepared to be in college, and they're pushing them along through grades. Just like right now, my grandson's got a C, and he could get an A if he wanted to, and he says, oh, that's all I need. That's the Uh attitude, and that's Uh what they take, and that's why they have no work ethic. Yeah, that's uh, ridiculous. And and I got to tell you, it does more harm than good to people of color who, you know, and, and it's an insult to the great scientists and teachers and academics uh, in, in our American, African-American history who, who uh, succeeded far beyond Claudine Gay's uh, uh, limits of her ability under much more duress than someone who spent her entire life in private school, Barbara. Absolutely, and to have a fraud to represent her, <laughs> she really hasn't. <laughs> she doesn't have any qualms. She has no morals. Absolutely. A fraud to come and yes. represent her as a fraud. And she is a fraud, and so is he. And listen to how he talks. He can't even put two sentences together. <laughs> and he doesn't even speak standard English. Yeah, but you know what? He's got a nationally syndicated TV show on MSNBC where he babbles nonsense and he sounds incoherent because he he has the uh, the uh, ver- verbal uh, ability of a three year old, but he wears five thousand dollars suits because they're terrified of firing him. Barbara, I gotta run. Thanks for the call. God bless you. Happy New Year. This is the Rob Carson Show.
Hey guys, it's Carson. Christmas just passed, but I have a really great gift idea. You can still give yourself. Why don't you give yourself the new streaming service, Newsmax Plus? Move over Netflix and Disney Plus and Hulu. Just start Newsmax Plus. I subscribed. I love it. Get Newsmax Best Shows with Rob Schmidt, Eric Boulding, Greta Van Susteren, Greg Kelly, and more. You also get lots of movies, documentaries, history, comedy. Newsmax Plus just signed up more than 180,000 people. Newsmax Plus lets you watch the Newsmax channel on your phone or home TV app. And Newsmax Plus is the only streamer to give you all the Donald Trump rallies. Fox News censors most of them. So get Newsmax Plus today. It's free to start. Just go to NewsmaxPlus.com. That's Newsmax, spell the plus, dot com. Start your free subscription again. NewsmaxPlus.com. That's NewsmaxPlus.com. Millions are switching to Newsmax. So try it free today. This is the Rob Carson Show. It's hour number three of the Rob Carson Show. Tom Fitton from Judicial Watch joins us at the bottom of the hour to talk about the... Uh, the weaponization of the DOJ against Trump. Uh, Judicial Watch getting uh, uh, pressured D.C. to remove 130,000 ineligible names from voter rolls. They're doing uh, a great job, and uh, Tom Fitton is one of my heroes. He joins us at the bottom of the hour, so we'll get to that. Also, uh, have you uh, signed up for Newsmax Plus yet? Uh, this is the way it's going to be, honestly, as far as media is concerned, because so many are trying to crush conservative content creators. And so the best bet is to, uh, if you want a, uh, a key to all of the, uh, the commentary, all of the personalities of Newsmax, it's a very inexpensive investment. It's five bucks a month. And all you got to do is go to NewsmaxPlus.com, NewsmaxPlus.com. You're going to get the great shows by Rob Schmidt, Eric Bowling, Greta Van Susteren, Greg Kelly, and whatnot. Rob Schmidt is must-see TV for, for every night. Every night i got to watch Rob Schmidt. And Eric, by the way. They're all – it's just great. It's just great. And then you get, of course, uh, uh, nobody gives you more uh, Donald Trump appearances. We cover his uh, speeches and whatnot like nobody else. And, uh, and also a great punditry by people like Mike Huckabee and Alan Dershowitz, all of that. Just go to NewsmaxPlus.com. That's NewsmaxPlus.com. Millions are switching to Newsmax. Try it free today. I want to mention this story real quick because it is uh, crazy. Before we get into uh, the January 6th committee that Liz Cheney uh, headed up, and by the way, she was defeated by 40 points in her home state in the uh, senatorial primary because she's an awful, awful, corrupt, did I say awful, awful human being. So we'll get to that. Nine patients reported dead in an Oregon hospital after the nurse allegedly injected them with tap water instead of medication. Uh, here is the story from a local affiliate there. Police in Medford are investigating a situation at a hospital. KOBI 5. After several patients died from infections. Sources tell our partners at KOBI that a nurse injected multiple patients with tap water instead of pain medication, specifically fentanyl. fentanyl. The sources say an intensive care unit nurse at Asante Rogue Regional Medical Center was trying to cover up misuse of the opioid. Ah. Those same sources say as many as nine people have died because of this alleged crime. When asked about it, the hospital said, we were distressed to learn of the issue. We reported it to law enforcement and are working closely with them. Medford police are not providing details, only confirming that the that they are investigating a situation at the hospital. Okay, there's a couple things going on. First of all, there's fentanyl. Uh, fentanyl is a poison 
that the Chinese are uh, disguising as prescription medications and murdering, and I do mean this, murdering, uh, the young people in our country. It is uh, ridiculous. And this uh, Asante Rogue Regional Medical Center, this uh, uh, nurse assigned to the patients, replaced their fentanyl with tap water. Uh, these people died of sepsis, pneumonia, uh, also a devastatingly awful death. Nine people. Sepsis, pneumonia, infect all the organs. So it could be a very severe infection, according to Dr. Robin Miller. The Asante Rogue Medical Center released a statement saying, we are distressed to learn of the issue. We reported it to law enforcement and are working closely with them. This should be the front page on every news report. I think the reason being is, A, we all know that fentanyl is a problem, although fentanyl is used in the medical industry. It is a, it is a, a synthetic heroin, right? It's for pain meds and whatnot. And, and, it, uh, and it can be used very effectively. It's very powerful. But it also causes severe addiction and, and death for a lot of people and overdoses. So this nurse was apparently either taking the fentanyl for him or herself or possibly selling it and replacing it. I have a feeling the reason why this isn't a front page story is it involves old people. And our media doesn't give a crap about old people. They don't. Except for Joe Biden. Uh, so uh, I'll uh, continue to follow story. This is unbelievable. Nine patients murdered. Nine people murdered. Oddly enough, uh, the former governor of the state of New York put uh, COVID patients in nursing homes and hundreds, if not thousands, died. And he wasn't held accountable either. Because nobody gives a crap about old people in this country. It's stunning. Uh, let's go to Deplorabella in Delaware for the last word on the Claudine Gay story. Hello, Deplorabella. Greetings. I would like to, uh, to call out Claudine Gay as the epitome of intersectionality, which means she meets at the confluence of ideology, incompetence, and indoctrination. She does figure, however, in my profiles in perfidy as a diversity diva who has been a leader of the Ivy League intifada. She is, uh, in the time of her, her presidency, she has presided over a curriculum devoted to the collective. And like her uh, fellow comrades in the Chinese Communist Party, she is guilty of theft of intellectual property, for which her Ph.D. should be revoked and her lifetime tenure should be rescinded. Uh, Harvard is an interesting place. While they've been hunting heretics, on the right, they have been promoting hirees uh, who are really questionable in any place that pretends to have any dedication to scholarship. You've got Bill de Blovio Blasio. You've got Lori Lightweight. <laughs> oh, yes. You've got Brian Stelter, uh, Seltzerhead, uh, yes. <laughs> all on the staff. Uh, they previously had Billy Boggs, a mentally deranged homeless person from New York City who menaced her fellow New Yorkers come up to uh, to give a speech. So this is the quality of the Harvard education. They have deflated the merit of the students that they welcome to that institution. They've inflated their grades, and they've deflated the integrity of a university, which is no longer devoted to truth. It's devoted to communism. Uh, she should not... Um, be allowed to get away with the excuse that she suddenly discovered the value of freedom of speech when she had such things as affinity graduations and uh, fails to distinguish between thugs, boot, uh, jackbooted thugs of today, kafia-wearing 
uh, veterans of BLM, Antifa, and the latest Muslim Brotherhood Islamic institutions on campus, intimidating, threatening, uh, menacing students. And she says, this is freedom of speech, while freedom, true freedom of speech is not permitted at Harvard. They don't even permit their uh, emeritus professor of law, Alan Dershowitz, to speak on campus anymore. Wow. So who are they kidding? Uh, For them to claim that this is a private institution and they resent meddling by politicians, what a fraud. First of all, they have a tax-exempt status. Uh, They enjoy millions of dollars of taxpayer research given to that university. They've also been given uh, student loans, which come from taxpayers and federal sources, to go there to have inflated prices to come out as American-hating useful idiots. So I have absolutely no sympathy for Claudine Gay. I have no sympathy for the faculty of that institution or for the administrators who are feckless uh, on the one hand, and what they lack in courage and character, they more than make up for in ideology and and in uh, conformity to the collective viewpoint and a mendacious narrative. They are a menace. And the sooner alumni stop funding them as soon as people stop sending their children off. I mean, would you send your child to a re-education camp in Maui, China? <laughs> well, yeah, you would if you were a Marxist, and unfortunately, we do have a sizable leftist contingent in this country, which is helping to poison uh, the university and turn the campus into a, uh, a really hellish uh, environment for anyone who is truly dedicated to the traditional mission of the university, which used to be dialogue, inquiry, clash of ideas, uh, and devotion to truth, the truth, the beautiful, and the good. That is no longer the case. That hasn't been the case since the radicals of the 60s ensconced themselves in academia, where they have unquestioned and untrammeled control of what is taught to generations of young Americans who will one day take over uh, just in time to witness the demise and decline and fall of the United States. I got to tell you, uh, Deplora, Deplora Bella, can I, can I tell you something, Deplora Bella? Yes. Uh, if I were Claudine Gay, and, and, and if I had her uh, sensibilities, I would steal your phone call. I would take the text and post it up on my uh, 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 on my blog, because what you just said there is absolutely well-crafted and beautifully, beautifully articulate. Bravo. Bravo. <laughs> Thank you. Bravo. If I could just take a moment of your time, I would indicate to you that I am related to someone who sang about a basket of deplorables all going down. Really? Yes. Wow. Wow. But we'll say nothing beyond that. Well, you are you are terrific. Thank you very much. I, I debated on whether to put you on the air because I saw Deplorabella and we kind of moved off the topic. And then I hear you say this, and I and I was looking, and I said when I introduced the phone call, the last word. And uh, girlfriend, you just delivered the last word. It was absolutely beautiful. Thank you for calling today. My All right, God bless you. Wow. I mean, Brian, Brian, my producer in Baltimore, uh, isolate that. Keep it. I want to run it again tomorrow. That was like a kaboom. I I did not expect that, man. She was, I mean, she crafted her words beautifully. She she had no pauses. She, I mean, whoa, that was, uh, 
That was pretty darn good. That was real good, actually. That was real good, Claudine. Yeah, or, or uh, uh, Deplorabella. You were real smart. My guys, you're real smart. You must have graduated a long time ago from Harvard. <laughs> wow. I'm going to start off uh, the move into the uh, January the 6th committee. Apparently, uh, uh, Trump has revealed the January 6th committee extinguished and destroyed all evidence that could have been used to exonerate him. This is CNN when the second uh, uh, impeachment of Donald Trump, it was unprecedented, it never happened after somebody left office, when it did a face plant and proved that he was not guilty in any way, shape, or form of an insurrection. Donald John Trump, President of the United States, upon two articles of impeachment exhibited against him by the House of Representatives, and two-thirds of the senators present not having found him guilty of the charges contained therein. It is therefore ordered and adjudged that the said Donald John Trump be, and he is hereby, acquitted of the charges in said article. There you go. So uh, he was never uh, charged with insurrection. He was never convicted of insurrection. And yet idiots like the Secretary of State of the uh, uh, the state of Maine, who will be impeached or removed from office because she's a dimwit corruptocrat, uh, she said that uh, she would decide, and she decided on her own, out of whole cloth, that because she saw some YouTube videos, that Donald Trump is guilty of insurrection and should be removed from the ballot. Yeah, that's it. I was watching a, uh, a TV report out of uh, uh, San Diego, San Diego, uh, and it features uh, someone named Carl DeMeo. It's a local report talking about the evidence that the Jan 6 committee destroyed, destroyed after Donald Trump was exonerated. Let me remind everyone that the January 6th committee, which, by the way, was one-sided, it was made up of Democrats and Liz Cheney, oh, yeah, that's basically true. a Democrat, Yeah, um, they took a bunch of testimony and then referred all of the uh, allegations to the Department of Justice asking them to go pursue a prosecution. And so that makes all of that foundational information, all of those depositions, all of those uh, documents, all of those videos, it makes all of those materials discoverable by President Trump. But now we're finding that the Democrats decided to basically destroy or hide or lose a lot of those uh, documents, which means that we're depriving President Trump of his right to see all the documents, all the information to prepare a defense. Yeah, it was like uh, Rudy Giuliani. He was not able to uh, present evidence in his own defense uh, as he uh, was uh, sued for $150 million and driven into bankruptcy. Here's a little bit more from Carl DeMeo. That the Biden administration, the Democrats have weaponized the criminal justice system to go after their political opponents Joseph Stalin would be proud. Oh, yeah. But recognize that if you allow them, the, the, the government, to trample on the due process rights of President Donald Trump, you're also normalizing that bad behavior for when they go after you. And so if we allow this, irrespective of how you believe uh, your, your political views fall, um, we, we will not be the same country. Yeah. By the way, that is uh, Charles DeMeo. He is the uh, uh, leader of the treatment of the Reform California, and he was on KUSI. Paul Ruddy in the morning in San Diego. Let's take a break. It's the Rob Carson Show. Ooh. Do you know what this song is called? It's... Uh, Go All the Way by the Raspberries. You know why a lot of uh, millennials and Gen Zers know this song? 
Uh, it's because Guardians of the Galaxy. It's one of the songs on the uh, Guardians of the Galaxy soundtrack. Uh, the lead character, played by, played by Chris Platt, had a cassette. Pratt, I should say, had a cassette with his mom's music on it. That was one of the songs. It brought back a lot of great songs like Brandy. Uh, Brandy, you're a fine girl. And I brought it to a new generation. I thought I'd share that with you because I know a lot about music because I was in music radio. I was sentenced to music radio for over 20 years. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> So uh, uh, Liz Cheney's January 6th committee deleted or destroyed an interview with the top Secret Service executive, Robert Engel, that likely would have exonerated Trump. This is according to Steve Bannon and Julie Kelly. I respect both of them, by the way. Uh, Julie Kelly joined Steve Bannon and uh, discussed the likely illegal actions taken by uh, the January the 6th committee. Here's just a little bit of this. Bobby Engel is the head of the Secret Service. He's not just some security guy. He's the head of the Secret Service uh, detail with... With President Trump. Why would they erase that? Is, that? is that his billet? That's correct. He was head of Donald Trump's security detail. Huh. And his transcript. You think that would, given, given Cassie Hutchinson's bald face perjury, and she should. She said that Trump tried to grab the wheel and uh, turn the beast around. Go to jail for a long time. That's how important this is. You're not going to be able to step up there and lie about a guy in the middle of a fight for the control of the country, young lady. You're going to, and you're, don't give me your, you're not going to be able to change your testimony. We got it on tape. He's the head of the Secret Service. How possibly can his deposition be missing, ma'am? How, how did that happen? How could that possibly be? Yes, and furthermore, what's more concerning to me, not only the transcript is missing, but all of his texts are missing, as are the text messages between top Secret Service officials, including the head of the Secret Service. We know that those texts are somewhere. We know the government has the capability of recovering them. How can all of them be missing, including Bobby Engel's texts and, of okay. course, his transcripts? Yeah, there you go. Uh, another headline, Jack Smith wants to prevent the jury from learning about undercover agents at the Capitol in uh, January the 6th case against Trump. This is how our, your DOJ is operating. By the way, did you know Jack Smith was a Hague judge? Uh, had no desire to adhere to any any of the tenets of the Constitution, and uh, that's why they always say that you know the the uh, the uh, the Constitution is a living document, and we should listen to European law. That's why they do it. It's unbelievable, un 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 unbelievable. Donald Trump is uh, attacking Liz Cheney uh, in a social media post, saying she deleted and destroyed evidence from the committee that looked into the January the sixth attack on the on the Capitol. Why did uh, American disaster Liz Cheney? I like that. Who suffers from TDS, uh, Trump derangement syndrome? <laughs> was defeated for uh, Congress by the largest margin uh, for a sitting congressman or congresswoman in the history of the country, illegally delete and destroy most of the evidence and related items from the January the 6th committee to political thugs and misfits. He said this act of sabotage makes it impossible for his lawyers to defend him. And uh, if that's the case, and I think it is, then uh, mission accomplished for the FBI, a once vaunted and respected institution. Not so much it's anymore. It's the FBI puppet show with our special guest star, Christopher Ray. Jim Gossett. The FBI is corrupt. Promote election theft. Hey, hey. They do Joe Biden's bidding cause Republicans for the left. Dun, dun, dun. They targeted Donald Trump. Durham's report will show the FBI is crooked and these puppets need to go. Comey and Lisa Page 
her boyfriend Peter Strzok. Russian collusion garbage from these puppets was a crock. Doon, doon, doon. Why were there no indictments? They found a smoking gun. They covered up for Sleepy Joe and his crooked son. It's time that we clean house. Disband the FBI. All right, so coming up. It's time that Farrell fired. Why were they ever hired? It's time that Farrell fired from the most of Mr. Tom Fitton joins us in a couple minutes here. On the Rob Carson Show. I got to cut off the end of that, unfortunately. I'll post it online. But Tom Fitton Judicial Watch is up next. One of my heroes. Don't go anywhere. My view, what's unserious is to ignore really the powerful evidence of a racketeering operation yeah. that involved then Vice President Biden and arguably President Biden and bribery. And there's been nothing like it in American history where a president has been so directly implicated in personal and public uh, related criminal activity. And uh, as as the moderates, so-called moderates in the Republican Party, admitting in the House is the evidence is overwhelming they'd be like nothing more than avoid this but uh the facts are what they are and on top of that you know you have hunter showing up and thumbing his nose at the hill yesterday uh going into what looks to be contempt of congress we find out from politico he talked to his father about that so you know hunter and joe are joined at the hip and uh, and in my view, uh, Joe Biden and the White House Counsel's Office that's been in contact with Hunter's lawyers about, frankly, it looks like how to obstruct and divert these investigations uh, should be subject to questioning through this impeachment inquiry as well. Tom Fitton is one of my uh, heroes. He uh, founded Judicial Watch. He is uh, uh, somebody whose uh, who's posts and whose uh, who's lawsuits and litigation I follow constantly, and he's uh, been uh, kind enough to join us on the Newsmax hotline. It's been a while since we talked. Tom Fitton, welcome to the Rob Carson Show, and a happy new year to you. Happy new year, Rob. I agree with whoever was talking earlier. Yeah, who was that guy? I don't know. I heard that voice. <laughs> you know, I got to tell you, uh, Tom Fitton, did you ever think you would see such uh, legal chicanery, illegal maybe chicanery, uh, from a Department of Justice as it appears to be happening in the United States of America right now to go after a political candidate and protect uh, another political candidate? Well, yeah. I mean, they were trying to undo a president during the Trump presidency and was trying to uh, were trying to undo a candidate prior to that during uh, the Obama administration as Trump was running for office. Uh, so it's perfectly consistent with their prior behavior. Uh, the Justice Department is a locus of evil uh, when it comes to the rule of law in this country. And uh, we have to recognize that uh, you, you at, at this point you can't trust the Justice Department to prosecute a jaywalker, let alone this unprecedented targeting of President Trump, while at the same time uh, covering up uh, the uh, abuses and corruption of, of President Biden. Now, wait a minute. I, I got to tell you, uh, now, the, the measured intellect uh, and legal scholar that is Tom Fitton, 
uh, surprises me to hear him say that our Justice Department is a, what did you call it, locust of corruption. That's pretty locust big. Locust of evil, yeah. A lo- that's, that's, that's pretty amazing that you would say that, but it, I, I don't believe I've heard you bring that, uh, that level of derision uh, toward the, the Justice Department before. Clearly, it's, a, a lot of things are precipitating this. Uh, what are the, the top of the mind for you that have made you feel this way about this iteration of the Justice Department? Well, trying to jail the political opponent of Joe Biden uh, based on unprecedented applications of the law and abusive applications of the law. And then once they do that, trying to uh, suppress his First Amendment rights to to speak about this abuse, basically uh, in, uh, trying to get a judge to throw him in jail or finding, find him in contempt if he complains about this in large measure. Uh, so, you know, there's been nothing like this in American history. And on top of that, we have this administration-wide effort defended by the Justice Department uh, to censor Americans by the billions. And, you know, everything you don't like in government is being defended by this Justice Department. Well, so, uh, it is it remarkable really to is, me. And... It's a really out-of-control rogue agency when it comes to the rule of law, as we've seen in recent years. And I don't mean just Democrat administrations. I mean Republican administrations because... Uh, the Justice Department is partisan leftist, partisan Democrat, and leftist. It doesn't mean it's not run by Republicans now and again, but generally speaking, they, they move in the direction of uh, uh, advancing their own political agendas, the rule of law be dang. Well, to me, I can't imagine what sort of... Uh, uh death of your soul occurred that you would imprison your political enemies despite their innocence. But this is happening wholesale right now. Uh, You've got uh, uh, basically every person who worked in the Trump administration being attacked. Rudy Giuliani most recently uh, sued to the tune of $150 million without being able to present evidence in his defense in a Washington, D.C. courtroom. Uh, you've uh, You've got other members of uh, the Trump cabinet who've uh, been gone after and been destroyed, Peter Navarro, among others. Uh, you've got this uh, attempt to uh, not only, well, they, they censored uh, speech online, including taking Donald Trump off of uh, the major platforms. I, I know that the FBI and the, the DOJ, certainly, uh, if you believe everything else that has been said and proven, you'd have to admit that happened. Um, what, what, you know, they always use a comparison to Watergate. Tom, and you are much more of a legal scholar than I will ever be, uh, put into perspective what Watergate is compared to what the DOJ is doing to its political enemies right now. Oh, Nixon would never have dreamed of being able to do what this Justice Department has done against uh, uh, political targets. These are just purely political targets. And... uh, there's been nothing comparable in American history to what's gone on with the targeting of Trump. I, uh, you know, the left pretends that's not true, but there is nothing comparable. I mean, you no, had it, Obama himself discussing whether or not to hide national security information from being incoming president based on false allegations. And they all knew they were false and they all knew they were falling apart. And then his FBI director met with the incoming president as part of a scheme to spy on him and try to catch him in something. Nothing like that's ever happened before. And uh, so when it comes to government corruption, 
uh, you know, Obama slash Biden make makes Nixon look like a piker. And, <laughs> yes. you know, my, my standard line about Joe Biden, he's the most cor- he's the most corrupt president since he was vice president. <laughs> nice. Absolutely. Uh, it has been revealed, apparently, that the J6 committee destroyed a good deal of evidence, uh, including testimony of the head of uh, the Secret Service at the time. Um, and uh, and this would have benefited Donald Trump, possibly exonerated him with regard to uh, some of these uh, these uh, indictments against him. What do you uh, what do you know about that? Well, we don't know much because the Justice Department obviously is never going to investigate this. They're not going to stretch the law to include an investigation of Congress for destroying evidence, right? Yeah. Uh, and so uh, the same January 6th committee was, quote, sharing information, unquote, with the Justice Department and, and, uh, and, and Fulton County, Georgia, which is also uh, run by Democrats who are that they're trying to jail Trump. But we don't know what the evidence is in the sense was all the evidence shared, both inculpatory and exculpatory, right, the lawyers say. And uh, so this is just another hallmark of corruption. The January 6th report, if I were running the House, I'd retract the January 6th report. I'd have the House uh, vote to retract the January 6th report because it's compromised by the destruction of evidence, the fact that it was purely Democrat. Yeah, I know there were two Republicans appointed by Nancy Pelosi on it, (laughs) but the Republican Party had no role in its operations. And the report should be retracted because it's not reliable and 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 was this and was the fruit of the poison tree. And sure enough, now the left is using the January 6th broad report uh, to remove Trump from the ballot. So it's perfect in that regard. Right. For the left. Yeah. Uh, the Supreme Court has uh, a few things in front of it that could impact some of these indictments. Uh, uh, is there a decision that uh, in front of the Supreme Court that could possibly end this purely political uh, persecution of Donald Trump during election year? Well, there are kind of two issues, as best I can understand it. There's an issue about whether he has immunity from being prosecuted uh uh, for acts he engaged in as president of the United States, that yes. government activity he engaged in as president uh, is uh, would you know he can't be charged subsequently by an enemy administration, right? His political yes. enemies in the next administration, and uh, and so that's the big issue. And then secondarily, there's the issue of whether the law has been stretched to. Uh, improperly cover uh, uh, the activity on January 6th in a way that federal law doesn't cover, meaning that it's not the obstruction of an official proceeding to engage in a protest or activity outside of it that's disruptive in the way that the law is being applied. And so those are two big issues. Do you suppose any of those? Trump's prosecution. Okay. Uh, 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 let me ask you this. Um, we had a couple of decisions that I, I'm dying to hear what you had to say about the uh, the Secretary of State in Maine and the uh, Colorado Supreme Court and their flimsy arguments to get Donald Trump off the ballot. Particularly, I, I've got to hear what you had to say about the Secretary of State of Maine who used uh, YouTube videos to decide without a law degree that Trump had actually committed insurrection when an impeachment determined he had not committed a, an insurrection and not been charged or convicted of an insurrection. Your thoughts on that decision, Tom Fenton? 
Well, I don't have a law degree, but I'm smart enough to know that what she did was wrong. <laughs> and it's no worse or no better than the extremists running the Colorado Supreme Court who engaged in similar misconduct, in my view, to throw Trump off the ballot. Uh, so this was a when you need to get to a, a political result, uh, you usually got to bypass a lot of rules and 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 values that we have in in government processes, the fact finding inquiry in in Maine to the degree there was one, and the court process in Colorado that was upended as well. It looks like uh, so. It's no surprise that all bets are off. We'll use Nancy Pelosi's press releases about January sixth, which is essentially what the January sixth report is—a partisan anti-Trump document designed to. Uh, 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 make it harder for him to win election. It's a pl- purely political document. And and the cacophony of anti-Trump vitriol in the media and their analysis is an excuse uh, to try to keep him off the ballot. In my view, these were um, officials, both the, the federal, the, excuse me, the state court officials in Colorado and the secretary of state. It was in, in their respective jurisdictions, a, a seizure of power. Powers they're not able to exercise under state, federal, or federal law or the Constitution. And, you know, if there's any insurrection going on, uh, it's that effort to make America into a one-party state by keeping the top opponent of the incumbent off the ballot. Now, Tom, I, I follow you on uh, Twitter, and I and I always see your your videos, and I enjoy them thoroughly. And and very rarely do I see your temperature uh, go uh, above a uh, hundred degrees. But I, I just saw a post that you had. Uh, you were calling out the the uh, the deep state DOJ for going after you on social media. Can you can you tell us what uh, what sort of effort the federal government has had in going after you for telling the truth? Yeah, I mean, we've blown the whistle and have been critical of these abuses of Trump, specifically on the documents case, uh, where they made up the law as they went along to try to throw him in jail, and they're currently trying to do so. And, you know, for our troubles, it, it looks to me like I was subpoenaed by the grand jury. They had the FBI show up at my door, uh, and it led to a grand jury appearance as a witness uh, that had me harassed for hours on end uh, over... Really, in theory, I mean, not in theory, in reality, silly questions about what I ate at the White House, what the nature, what my tweets were about, <laughs> and other things like that. I remember thinking, this is, why don't I have a question about First Amendment activity? And, and not only questioned, but questioned as if I was like in some sort of nightmarish MSNBC show arguing with a bunch of leftists about Donald Trump. It was crazy town. This this sounds very, uh, I hate to, to use the term, but Gestapo-esque, you know, ask, uh, to just show up on your door and ask you unrelated questions on a fishing expedition. That's what it sounds like to me, Tom. It sure did. It sure was. And, wow. you know, they could have asked wow. me a series of questions if they were doing a serious investigation and it would have been over in 10 or 15 minutes, right? Wow. But I got to tell you, hours. 
I got to tell you, Tom, I, I've never seen anything like it. I, uh, I I greatly appreciate what you do. Unfortunately, I have to end the interview. We're up against a hard break. But uh, thank you for what you're doing. I know you're taking uh, people off of uh, the voter rolls and eligible voters in D.C. and elsewhere. You're fighting the good fight. Uh, how can we help out uh, getting out the word and support your efforts to do Judicial Watch? Well, you know, spread the word via social media. We're all over social media, Judicial Watch, and, and obviously me on Twitter and such. And then go to our website at judicialwatch.org. That's where the core documents are, the documents we're uncovering, and support us, too. I mean, we're a charity, and, you know, anyone who wants to support us can and should. All right, very good, my friend. Happy New Year to you. Great to have you on the air again. I really, I really was a blessing to have you back on. Uh, best of luck to you, and I hope to have you on again soon, Tom Fitton. I'm here. Thank you very much, Rob. Appreciate the coverage. All right, let's take a break. It's the Rob Carson Show. Tom Fitton, uh, amazing. Amazing guy. Uh, you'll definitely want to have this show to share. Just go to the podcast today. It'll be put up in a little while. Just go to uh, Newsmax.com slash listen for that. Um, Jeffrey Epstein's massage scheduler. Sarah Kellen quietly waiting for the bombshell uh, document dump. She's quietly waiting for the other shoe to drop in court documents exposing 170 people with ties to the pedophile sex trafficking ring that have been, it's been postponed, by the way. Uh, Sarah Kellen, who allegedly scheduled the massages in which Epstein sexually abused his victims, is waiting to see if her name will be a part of the bombshell document dump, but could uh, use the, uh, her mountain of insider secrets uh, to weasel her way out of trouble, according to a report. She had a front row seat to the debauchery. And apparently she's ready to uh, to speak. Uh, Aaron Rodgers and uh, and Jimmy Kimmel have had a little tête-à-tête uh, uh, tete the last few years because uh, uh, Aaron Rodgers uh, didn't believe in the vaccine, and of course uh, Jimmy Kimmel was bought and sold by the vaccine companies. Uh, here he is uh, impl- implicating or inculcating uh, uh, Jimmy Kimmel into uh, the Epstein Island scandal. This has something to do with the Epstein list that came out. <laughs> Feels like it's like. supposed to be coming out soon. That's supposed to be coming out soon. Look, this guy's been There's waiting in his wine cellar. Yeah. I've been waiting in my wine <laughs> cellar for this thing. A lot of people, including Jimmy Kimmel, are really hoping that doesn't happen. All right. All right. Obviously, a clip from this particular program was run on Jimmy Kimmel's show uh, whenever Aaron brought up the. Now Jimmy Kimmel is uh, threatening them with a lawsuit, but Jimmy Kimmel has gone after uh, another public figure, of course, that being Aaron Rodgers, in the same fashion. Needless to say, all this UFO talk has the tinfoil hatters going wild, including Green Bay whack packer Aaron Rodgers, who offered this hot take on the Pat McAfee show. I, I believe that this has been going on for a long time. Interesting uh, timing on everything. There's a lot of other things going on in the world. Did you hear about the Epstein client list uh, about to be released, too? What's that? What are you talking about? There's some files that are, have some names on it that might be uh, getting released pretty soon. Oh. Oh. <laughs> might be time to revisit that concussion protocol, Aaron. That's- yeah, that, apparently, that sounds kind of like uh, maybe Jimmy Kimmel attempting to uh, head something off of the past. I, you know, I don't even know. 
I have I have no clue. I don't uh, make it a habit to hang out with billionaire pedophiles and get free, free plane rides to a, an island that's uh, that's known for uh, uh, the uh, sexual enslavement of, of underage girls. You know, and generally that's the first thing when I find out about somebody. Uh, you know, if I find out that they're uh, uh, you know a billionaire, you don't know where the money came from. Uh, you're good friends with Bill Clinton. You had a plane called the Lolita Express in an island where they enslaved girls sexually who are underage. Generally, when I find out that, I don't want to be your friend anymore. You know, that's just not me. You know, I mean, that's just me, I should say. Uh, let's take a break and come back, wrap this thing up. This is The Rob Carson Show. Today's show was epic. If you want to hear the podcast, including my uh, great interview with Tom Fitton, just go to Newsmax.com slash listen and share with others as this show grows by leaps and bounds and adds affiliates. God bless you, Israel, America. And until tomorrow, do not catch the stupid. See you then.